You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Okay, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. Here for episode 29. So I was in Cameron Crane, the second executive editor of tvobsessive.com, uh, joined by Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor for this site. How are you doing today, Ryan? I am now also Cameron Crane, executive editor of the site, which uh, we'll oh, no. do later. But uh, I know. don't don't punch me! Don't punch me! Well, uh, anyway, happy New Year! Yeah, happy New Year! <laughs> same same to you. Uh, so today we're going to talk about Fargo season five, episode eight, titles "Blanket." Um, we were just talking right before we got on air about how much we enjoyed the episode, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Uh, as always, we'll first uh, talk about what's in the news related to TV a bit, what we've been watching, and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, so it's January 2nd, 2024. Um, what caught your eye this week, Ryan? Yeah, it's a little bit of a slow, uh, slow news period this week in between uh, Christmas and, and New Year's. But a few things, a few renewals, a few, few uh, pieces of news that, that came up. I... Um, had done a quick rewatch of of the MCU show Hawkeye over the holidays. So this news about Jeremy Renner caught my eye, which is it's now just over one year since he had this accident with the snowplow that literally almost took his life. Right. And he's now said that he is ready to come back. He's going to start filming Mayor of Kingstown again. So he has been rehabbing and, and ready to go. I mean, good for him. This was a serious, serious situation a, a year ago, but he started making public appearances again. Yeah, I mean that's great to hear. It was a, it was a while. It was. It seemed like a really weird story. Yeah. In in part, you know, but uh, obviously he was seriously injured. So um, great to see him alive and well yeah. and <laughs> getting getting back to work. I mean, yeah, right, 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 right. I have never right. seen Mayor Mayor Kingstown. Uh, apparently, that's on Paramount, but uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I haven't it. either. I was scared. I was reading about Jeremy Renner. And this was mentioned, and I think it's I think it's related to Yellowstone and all those other. Ah, uh, it's in the there's like a Yellowstone universe. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's in the Yellowstone universe, <laughs> which is like really popular. You know? Exactly. Oh my god! So like we're out of touch, elitist, because we don't watch it. <laughs> I did. I did not know that. I would have not guessed that they were in the same same universe. But okay, all right. I think that's what I read. Either that, or it's just like another Taylor Sheridan show. I see. But I, I I I don't know if it's presumed that they're in the same Taylor, universe. Taylor Sheridan had a show last year, late last year, called Lioness with Tandy Newton. Did you ever hear about this show? Maybe. It was like a a, a female special ops agent, you know, goes on dangerous missions. And so it's, you know, we're out, out of the ranch territory into sort of the the military world and I don't know, got got some got some interest, but I, I've never I, I can't say other than the first, I mean this somewhere in the second season of Yellowstone. I've never really seen any Taylor Sheridan shows. Yeah, I never got around to checking them out. And, you know, honestly, I've, it kind of made my list in part because I did feel like I'm just being, am I being like an elitist or something? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, then he made some remarks during the writer's strike that made me not want to watch his show. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, other upcoming things. Did you ever see... So I only made the one note about this one because of the film. Did you ever see the film Sexy Beast? I never have. Uh, starring Ben Kingsley and some other people. Okay, okay. I, 
I'd have to double check what year it came out. I don't know. I haven't seen it like since it came out at some art house theater, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and I think it was, in, I think we went in, I remember because I was visiting my friend, I think it was in Royal Oaks, Michigan. I saw Sexy Beast. And it was probably like 1999 or something like that. Oh boy. Okay. Um, something like that, you know? So apparently they're making a prequel show. It's it, it pinged my radar because I don't know. I'm intrigued. The movie was good. Yeah. But honestly, like, I don't know that we need a prequel show. So there's also that aspect to it. Like, hmm. no, no one has ideas, you know? Also, no on, one... also on Paramount, are we, uh, this, this channel is having a, a moment lately. Yeah, it is. The curse ongoing. The curse. Like exactly. Of course, it's on, on Showtime. And of course, this, well, I think. They smush the brands together. Or are they different brands anymore? <laughs> yeah. Go listen to episode twenty-seven. We <laughs> we kind of work out that confusion a little bit. Paramount Plus with with Showtime is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyhow, yeah, sexy beast. So I don't know. Like it comes out later this month, and um, I'm kind of intrigued. Okay, I, I have to say this was this was completely off of my radar. I had no idea that this was. You know, I've been looking at some of these. What are the most anticipated shows coming in 2024? This was not one I had I had heard about. So this all you know, reading this now, this is all all new. Right, me. because it's like you don't it's you you're they're making a prequel series of a relatively obscure yet yeah. acclaimed late nineties indie film. Yeah. That's what they're doing. And <laughs> so it's um, you know, is there an audience for this? And Am I part of the audience for yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think you're you're asking the right question. It, it, is there literally no other ideas out there that we <laughs> have to go? To? Right, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to be too demeaning to the people making the show, but it's just part of me thinks like, what? You're you want to make a TV show? You're like, well, this movie was good, you know. And like, is that what we do now? Yeah, exactly. Say, like, I'm going to make a prequel to Out of Sight. That's what I do. I, I, IP is valuable. Even if it's indie, nobody watched it on B. I guess it's still valuable. And is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's encouraged, I guess, is the thing. Also, like, you know, kind of yeah. uh, structurally. Um, in other news, I mean, I guess this is also IP and so forth. It's based on books. I know you've been watching Slow Horses. You see the day it's now been renewed for season five. Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. So I'm now in season two of Slow Horses. Uh, thought season one was had a fantastic ending, so we'll jump right into the second season. Um, and I know that season three has just concluded. I did not know that it has been renewed for season four, but then I see there are going to be a season five. So, I mean, this is great. It's going to keep it coming, especially since they pump these things out like once a year. I triple-checked. <laughs> I was. I, I said, wait a minute. Does the Hollywood Reporter have a typo here? Because I know yeah. season three just ended. Uh, apparently, no, it was renewed for season four in the past. Yeah. Would, maybe they're, uh, you know, getting going. I know they were really quick. Season two came out really yes. fast after season one. Um, so three yeah, of these I mean, came, came out in a three-year span, which is not the model for these streaming services. I mean, there are only six episodes. Yeah. But there's a lot of depth, cinematography, location, filming to these to these things, but they're they're pumping them out quick. See, I think you know, here's the thing though. Maybe they want this to be the model. Yeah. But in, you know, they like Apple TV Plus. Maybe they want this to be the model, but then like, oh no, pandemic. And then they go for another year or two and they're like, oh no, writer's strike. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe that's true. maybe everything's just getting held up by these real world circumstances. Speaking of Apple TV, I saw on X. Which God damn it, I want to call it X now because I don't think it's Twitter anymore. But anyway, I can't. I can't help the same quirk as everyone else. You know, Twitter. Um, but the uh, Apple TV account, they they just uh, a few hours ago, I saw um, the tweet is simply. A close-up shot of Adam Scott's face from Severance. Oh. It's a tease. I, I was going to ask if you had heard any news about it's Severance. It's a tease. Holy crap! Okay, there's a te- it's a tease, right? So like, something's probably going to come out, you know, in the next week or so. Maybe we'll get an announcement awesome. on Severance. I mean, just give me a trailer, or something. I, I mean, it has been a long time since season one of Severance. Yeah, oh. looking forward to that one. That that's that that is great to hear. All right, we need we need to wrap this up in about five minutes so I can go go check that out. Okay. <laughs> check out the screenshot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like there's literally no other information. I uh, I went so far as to read the alt text to see oh, if there was boy. anything hidden in it. No, it's just <laughs> just put out an image. But oh man, okay. So how about some more IP stuff? Um, so to to, to this news that has come out, George George R R Martin has said there are three animated Game of Thrones shows in the works. To which I simply say, no, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> Agreed, that's, that's going to be our response. <laughs> yeah. and, and I am mostly a Game of Thrones apologist, not the last few episodes. I enjoyed House of the Dragon, but no, we do not need Game of Thrones animated spinoff shows when there's already another major IP going on right now. I just, I, 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 don't, I don't, I mean, sure. Now, whatever okay, can keep so- them from finishing the books. I mean, this is just more, more distraction. <laughs> Yeah, you should finish the books. Yeah, you know because I, I, I decided when I was like twelve years old that I was never again going to start a series of books until the <laughs> all the books were out. You know, um, because I got in the situation where I was waiting, yeah, for this Tad Williams book to come out for a couple of years, um, and like by that standard, I don't think I'm ever reading George R. R. Martin's books because it just it just feels <laughs> you, like you, you never will. I asked yeah. for Christmas for Fire and Blood, the text for House of the Dragon. Got it. I'm going through it right now, about 100 pages in. And so I, I don't, that's the, it's sort of a confined text, and I'm interested in finishing that. But I'm with you. I will never start the the Game of Thrones series, the five book series, unless he has, he's definitively he's going to finish it or the books come out. I mean, I just, I can't yeah. do it. I don't know, man. People have, but it's, it's like, honestly, People have been recommending that book yeah. to me because of the kind of person that I am and they know my taste for like 18 years. <laughs> it, it started, but way before Game of Thrones, the TV show came out, people were like, you should yeah. you should check out these George R. R. Martin books. I'm like, oh, yeah. are all the books out yet? It's like, ah. <laughs> all right, no. Never, never, never will have. But anyway, I, just back to our point, I, I am just, I, I will not be watching any animated shows that come out about um about this call them call that elitist call that spoiled on what i probably won't they- either but in reading about this so my knee-jerk reaction was no thanks as you said yeah. but apparently at least one of them is supposed to focus on the sea snakes mm-hmm. and george r. r martin was saying it would have been just like really really expensive to make live action and, and that was part of um uh why that went to animated um i don't know the only thing that would intrigue me is if something led to backstory of um, what happened. Is it Valyria? 
Yes, where the Targaryens are originally from, yes. But, like, isn't that also in Game of Thrones where, the like, um, uh, zombies that really need some lotion are? That's north of the wall. That's a different... That's a different area, I believe. No, not not those zombies, not the white walkers. Oh. oh, okay. The ones that um the ones that get um Jorah or whatever his name is. Oh, you're talking the Dornish people? No, the like stone guys. Oh, oh I can't remember that. I think that's like an affliction. It's an affliction. That is the one thing that we're just doing prequels. I want an explanation of that. Like that's oh. the one thing I could go in for is <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's all. Uh, sorry, rambling around. I don't even. Oh remember. gosh! Oh gosh! Okay. Um, just, just, still, I think supposed to be a Jon Snow show. Yeah, is... this is uh, this is very up in the air. I think. I mean, be only because Kit Harrington is now involved with the MCU. He's now in this upcoming season of Industry with HBO. So yeah. I think that that's still in the works, quote unquote, but nothing definitive. Well, we'll see. But I'm not, see, I'm not super intrigued by anything prequel-ish about Game of Thrones, in part because I felt the ending was so bad. Mm-hmm. Even watching House of the Dragon, even though some of it's intriguing, it's like, yeah. well, I, I know that all of this leads to how Game of Thrones ended. Yeah. And and I, and I that, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that ending. So I, I've had this conversation with my wife and so many people, and I respect the opinion of I will not do this because of how they treated me at the end of Game of Thrones. My only response to that is at least this story has an ending. Game of Thrones had to sort of fly by the seat of their pants and create something because it had no ending. This one does have a George R. R. Martin ending to it at a bare minimum. Yeah. I always had the impression that that they got an ending from George R. R. Martin, but it was just like written on a cocktail napkin. Yeah. Was... <laughs> now he knows what not to write if he ever does the books. Yeah. Anyhow, that we spent enough time on this. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about the uh, Variety Top 100? Yeah. So, you know, just one of these things that comes out all the time. I just thought this would be real, real, this real quick. The Variety, uh, everybody's familiar with, with them. I mean, it's a strong um, pop culture criticism and analysis. So they came up. On a, a a piece they released the last week of December, the top 100 TV shows of all time. Right, so we won't go through all of these, but I thought it'd be interesting. And you may have you may have seen this, but um, I want to just quickly run through what they say are the. I'm going to read 10 through 7 to you, and you tell me what you think would be the top three. We'll just do this real fast, okay? So 10 is Roots. Mm-hmm. Nine is the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Eight is Seinfeld. Seven, The Wire. Six, Sex and the City. Okay. Okay. Um, five, Breaking Bad. All right. We're getting into sort of common territory here. Number four, The Simpsons. Good. Okay. Now, in whatever order you want, what three shows would make up the top of their, their list? I would say two of these are... Somewhat obvious. Other one I wouldn't have put put it on this list or put it at the top. Well, so you know the problem is I did scroll through it and I do okay. remember oh. the top three, so I can't act like I'm super smart like here. Okay, um, so let's go through three. And see if, you, if you agree with it, then yeah, we'll we'll talk it through. I believe okay. number three is The Sopranos. Number three, Sopranos. Number two is Mad Men. 
Number two, Mad Men. And number one was I Love Lucy. Yeah, I Love Lucy. Yeah. Okay. So thoughts on, on that? Can't complain. Okay. I've never seen, I mean, I've, I've seen Live of Lucy in passing, but I, is it more for the uh, the trailblazing aspect of it? Is for, for the, um, what it did for comedic TV going forward? Sort of what's, what about this number one do you, do you agree with? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird list. I feel like these things are often weird lists because um, this is one of those where they've got everything mixed together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I Love Lucy's on the same list as Mad Men, The Sopranos, The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, you go back up the list, there's some other stuff too, where you're just like, oh yeah, Jeopardy? Okay. You know? Um, so what? how do you judge the one against the other? It's a little yeah. bit apples and oranges. You know? And I will recognize that, um, you know, like Twin Peaks might be my favorite show, but it's okay, it's, you know, not going to be that. It is too low on the list, but it, it yeah. you know, I understand it's not going to be like uh, uh, going to win or whatever. Um, I don't know. I Love Lucy is a really good show. I mean, maybe it is because of, as you say, you know, there's something sort of trailblazing about it. Certainly there mm-hmm. was. I think it was the first multi camera sitcom, and I have to double check that. Yeah. Um, but it's also just really good, you know? And I mean, I yeah. guess this is part of the thing that I have confidence that virtually anyone sitting here in 2024 now yeah. is, um, could go back to this show from, what, how many, 60 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever, and enjoy it. Yeah. So... I mean, I can't complain about it being number one. And I think one of the points that they they make, which I, I do agree with, it will some show that that uh, comes out this year in twenty twenty four will there be a you know Lucy stomping in a vat of grapes moment that we remember six, 60 years later and you can reference it her stuffing her face full of chocolates as she's working on the chocolate you, you know just those type of moments that have become literally iconic over the years maybe there there won't be but it's just it's it's interesting to to say despite all the past 25 years of prestige tv that this thing that was really one of a kind really something that that set the stage for so much will come after it is is number one so in the end i don't have a problem with it and you know these lists are are made for clicks and debates so yeah i mean the problem is it's just like again apples and oranges or what's the standard or because also as you're noting we're also bringing in you know something about time and and how do we assess that you mm-hmm. know um part of my argument that i just made was the staying power of i love lucy um well look i have no idea if madman has that staying power this is number right. two on the list you know um so, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't complain. But overall, yeah. I, I do think that that is one of the issues with this list is when they're mixing together every kind of TV show, the only thing that holds them together is that they were on TV. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Well, just one of many lists that comes out in this period at the end of the year. So just wanted to throw that. But actually, why don't we move to what we're watching right now, though? Anything on your list same as last time what's your what's your list look like these days it's very similar i'm still on the curse 
couple yeah. episodes left of that. Yeah. Um, it's great. <laughs> we don't need to belabor it more now. We can talk maybe we'll talk about it more after the thing's yeah. over. Um, I am very curious to see like how does this season end? And is there gonna be more? Right. Yeah. I have the feeling it's gonna be at least open for it, but we'll see. Um Doctor Who Christmas special came out on Christmas. Mm-hmm. I watched that. Seems it seems like everyone liked it, and and I'm a little bit of a Debbie Downer. I didn't think it was all that good. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. It's I was trying to articulate my issues with it, and I realized like I don't quite I don't have the juice to like really give a good critical analysis that that lands. Yeah. It felt to me just a step over the line in terms of cheesiness and kind of like you can't criticize doctor who for not being consistent logically right. or whatever right but it just seemed like a little little over that line um but i don't know i'm kind of hopeful for the new stuff i do like the doctor and i do like the new companion so to anyone listening who watches doctor who i'm not grabbing about them mm-hmm. something about the plot just felt kind of I don't know. Is there Star a Star Wars? It felt like it felt, it felt like cheesy Star Wars. <laughs> I love it. Not even like good Star Wars, but it kind of like slipped in there. You know, Is there a date for a next season of Do- of Doctor Who? Uh, it's sometime this year. I think they're saying spring. Okay. So, uh, so we'll see. Um, what about you? What have you been watching? Yeah, so mentions Slow Horses, um, two episodes left of Monarch, which I've been recapping. I think my, uh, I mentioned in our the, the piece that posted last weekend that they sort of started to turn a corner there to try to position the show as in years it's in towards how it fits in the bigger universe. Much more about filling in gaps in the first half. Now they're, um, they, they need to do some things to set up what's to come in, in the year's Uh, in the years ahead so still a solid um watch if you're a fan of that universe and then i will be checking out one week from today january 9th the all five episodes drop at once of the mcu show echo um i am of course hesitant after the abomination that was secret invasion but i'm checking this out because this is the mcu's first tvma entry so this is supposed to be very daredevil punisher ish um the trailer looks decent so i'll be checking that out just binging it all at once and we'll see maybe i'll throw something up on the site about uh some thoughts on that well yeah so they're releasing it all at once we've talked about that before yeah um yeah curious to see what they do there yeah and then i, I think, don't know that uh, i'll watch it because you know i don't want to watch these things yeah. anymore <laughs> I, i'm i'm very hesitant yeah. after after uh after secret invasion and how i mean truly awful that was and marvel has beyond just the animated what if uh series that just came out they basically wiped the tv slate clean besides this echo show to say we got to restart rethink some things here because of how much of a letdown that that was so again five episodes shouldn't be too much of of a burden and and i'll uh so we'll 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 see how that one goes and then um i'm really focused on I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't know that I'm panicking or dreading 2024, but I'm going to sort of try to dampen some of that dread by rewatching West Wing and looking at a more idyllic version of politics, thinking about mm. what's ahead. 
Yeah, we talked about an episode of West Wing, and we probably yeah. got into that a little bit. I mean, I guess it is sort of TV if we think about the news and political coverage. Yeah, and yeah, I'm wondering this myself. Like, my question to myself is: Am I going to be able to avoid it like I want to? Yeah, you know, like I'm sitting here telling myself, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention. You know, I'm I'm gonna pay as little attention as I'm not gonna watch this stuff. You know, exactly, exactly. but I don't know. I feel like I might get sucked in. You just you, you unless you unplug from TV, social media, um, a workplace, anything. You you just you're not gonna be able to avoid it in 2024. <laughs> so you need something to balance the scales a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it already started. You you caught this stuff on New Year's Eve with uh, Green Day. Do you see all this this stuff? Oh yeah, I, I almost put this in the notes that I thought, well, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they, 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 people are getting upset. I do think it's pretty funny that what they're getting upset about yeah. is this change to the lyrics of American Idiot. Yeah. And it's like, some people are saying, eh, it used to be political. If nothing else, this is when they got political. Exactly. Yeah. You know this is like, a direct, direct response to George W. Bush. I went to a Green Day concert in 2016. They were changing the lyrics eight years ago. I promise you, this is not a new. This is not a new thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was on. It was on like Rock a New Year's Eve or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I also on New Year's Eve, I tried to watch some of that stuff, and it was just like there was no show there. Like I think at one point I turned on um, the ABC broadcast, whatever they call it. And I think, I think commercials were on for like more than five minutes and I turned it off. Like I didn't see any of the actual show. It was just like, it was like a, like 1130, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and I turned it down. I'm like, man, I watched the ball drop or whatever. And it was just, it was just <laughs> solid state commercials right. until I ran out of patience. So Apparently the, the network to watch was CNN because they had a, Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, Neil Patrick Harris, drunk version of Never Have I Ever that they did as it led up to, to midnight. And uh, they got quite quite wild. So I need to go back and watch the replay of that. Right on. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is the one I should have been going after. But they had the ABC one on Hulu streaming or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I turned it off. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, enough of all of that. We have some other stuff. We can do it next week, maybe, uh, in our notes here. But um, let's get to Fargo, eh? Absolutely. Let's get to Fargo. All right. Uh, so it's again Fargo season five, episode eight. We're up to now, um, titled Blanket. Uh, so we'll take a little break here as per usual, like 10 seconds, you know. Uh, and on the other side of that, spoiler territory. Okay. So this is your spoiler warning for everything in Fargo through season five, episode eight. And um, yeah. See you in about 10 seconds. All right, welcome back. It is time to talk about Fargo Season 5, Episode 8, Blanket, written by Noah Hawley and Thomas Bazooka, directed by Sylvain White. After the events of episode seven, where Roy locates Dorothy in the hospital, Dorothy's forced back to the Tillman Ranch by Roy and by his men. But Officer Witt sees her at the hospital before she checks out. Um, he wants to know if she's in need of help. She tells him that she is fine, um, but he can tell that something is quite amiss here. So 
He goes off to warn Danish, who he runs into at a gas station, and also calls Officer Olmstead to try to get some folks on his side, try to see what they should do to help Dorothy. Um, Wit tells Danish, Indira tells Lorraine about what's happening, uh, but Roy and Gator have threatened Wit not to come on their property, not to, not to interfere with what's going on, or they will kill him on sight. Meanwhile, Danish and Lorraine have come up with a plan to sabotage Roy Tillman's sheriff election campaign. And after this happens and Roy punches a woman, uh, Danish goes to visit Roy. Roy kills him and bears, buries him on his ranch. Uh, meanwhile, while Dorothy is imprisoned by Roy, she stands up to him, which causes a series of, of physical and mental abuses to come her way. She tries to help uh, get Gator to help her escape, saying that she knows where Linda is, who is Gator's mother, and can help take him to her. But there's some confusion about what actually has happened to Linda. So he refuses, and Dorothy is left stuck in the ranch, still in prison at the end of episode eight. So um, you sent me a message saying that you really enjoyed this episode, that it was haunting and quite um, impactful. I can't help but agree. This is well, a lot to get into in, in this one, but um, this was a powerful episode. One of these that came with this sort of uh, um, you know, warning to the beginning about some of the material that would be that would happen on here. And yeah. man, it, there was no shortage of that. A lot, lot to dig into. Where would you like to start? Um, you're so smart. Why are you so dead? <laughs> Why are you so dead? I, I'm really upset that this, that this is the last that we see you, Dave, Dave Foley. Yeah, I, I mean, too. Especially after his, um, you know, his, his little, just how he played that first scene when he's at the courthouse mm -hmm. and he's there with the guys, just, you know, just so, he, he seems, maybe more so than any other character, like he fits in that world and fits in that part of the, part of the country. He just did an amazing job and he, like I said, just have to give him credit this last we see of him. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, and then that opening scene, you know. I love how they do it where you kind of have to, they don't tell you what's going on. You kind of have to figure out what's going yeah. on. Um, but I thought that was really entertaining. Where, um, you know, things over the next number and he's like, still me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you want to change all three of these guys' names to Roy Tillman. I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't even know if they say Roy Tillman and that's Yeah, so that, that's exactly um, what you're saying, which is that opening scene doesn't, it says they're all changing their names to the same name. But yeah. You don't know what that context is until they get to the debate. Yeah. And that's what they did. Until you get to the debate later. I don't know whether this has any plausibility as a real world plan. <laughs> um, I didn't do any research along the lines of try, trying to poke holes in it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but I find it very entertaining. Um, I think in the real world, maybe not. I don't know. But um, since we're talking about this, right, that is the plan. He ultimately has these three guys show up as at the debate or town hall, mm -hmm. um, dressed like Roy, wearing hats like Roy, and then they start mimicking him. Um, and I... I think getting him to lose his temper as he does was probably part of the plan. Had to had to have been, yeah. To get him to, I don't know that they thought he would punch the, the host <laughs> punch of the, the moderator, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, but this, to, to do something to overreact on camera and in front of in front of people, um, you know, the things I, I don't know if Roy considers this a, you know, that he's 
taken any step back in this situation, right? He's just, he's handled his revenge. He's gotten his retribution or, you know, handed out the the justice there. Does he even think that this is going to cause him any any problems? The people love him. The people know him. Um, I, I don't know. Does he think he can bounce back from this? I bet someone with his type of ego and narcissism does think that he can. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. I think he's also deeply, deeply angry about it, you know, and, and that is on display already in the scene in the car where Karen is saying whatever she's saying, you know. He, he doesn't want to hear anything, right? Um, and then also, also arguably, as he goes to beat on Dot, basically, yeah. you know, with that anger is boiling out. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with all of this is is clearly Danish makes a mistake here. Yes. Why do you think he didn't call Lorraine? Because he thought about calling Lorraine at the gas station. He has his phone out. He's thinking yeah. about calling Lorraine, and he says, "Not call Lorraine." I've been thinking about this. I don't know that I necessarily have a good answer for why he would not in, involve her. I, I, I mean, clearly she was had to have been involved in the plot to do this or to, you know sabotage the debate. Why he would choose to sort of go off on his own to try and make this deal without Lorraine's foreknowledge really confusing because he doesn't seem to be the person we've talked about this before as a yes man, as a fixer. He is someone who just follows orders, just goes in line with whatever Lorraine says. So it seemed out of character to me that he would do this without her knowing it. Um, so I don't want to have an answer on why he would choose to not give her that call and give her heads up of, of here's what's happened. Here's where she is. Yeah. I mean, I can only think of I've got kind of two possibilities. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could run together to some degree, but they also seem they, they kind of seem like they're pulling in opposite directions. Okay. Yeah. But maybe they maybe it's somehow both still. One is um I don't like maybe Danish is worried that Lorraine isn't gonna go for his idea. Um yeah. maybe he's worried that she's going to put more weight on carrying through the plan of sabotaging Roy than on her daughter-in-law's life. Maybe maybe he's worried that that she's just not going to be on board enough yeah. or have enough urgency. Because Wit expresses that there's urgency to the situation or something. Yeah. Like that. Um that's sort of one possibility. The other that I found myself landing on more was that in this moment, mm-hmm. very foolishly, Danish decides he's going to take care of it himself that he doesn't need to bother Lorraine about this he's got an idea about how to take care of it himself and he's going to do that mm-hmm. and um save the day as it were by yeah. um by going to save Dot. you know I wonder and it's sort of a combination of your two points if Danish thinks that Lorraine doesn't actually really care about Dorothy doesn't really care about what happens to her. She does care about beating Roy. She cares about winning against him. She cares about making something happen to make her win and him lose. So would she have gone along with that plan? And Danish actually has as a 
little bit of sentimentality, a little bit of sympathy, a little bit of, I need to take care of this person. So he just goes off and says, well, rain wouldn't go for this anyways. I'm just going to go take care of it. You know, it's, you know who knows, but it, it could be that he doesn't think Lorraine has any sort of sense of we need to protect or take care of Dorothy. Yeah. I think we're hitting on it. You know yeah. what I mean? But the, the only clarification I'd want to make is you have to realize in real life, if you are Danish, you don't necessarily land on something as firm as I don't think Lorraine's going to go for this. You know, the question is, do I call? Do I do I ask permission? Do I ask for guidance Yeah. as opposed to making the decision to go and do what I wanted to do? You mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like people uh, will say often very toxically, in my opinion, People will say things like, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, not a good mantra to live by, in the opinion of Cameron Crane. But I think it's kind in that space. But then, unfortunately, he miscalculates. Mm -hmm. And I think, really, the big miscalculation is in his assessment of Roy. Exactly. You know, because even as he's standing in the room, even as Roy gets the gun out and puts it on his desk... It's like Danish can't imagine a world where this guy's going to shoot him. Yeah, that Roy is wounded, and so will back into a corner instead of being wounded, and so he will attack to make sure he doesn't get wounded any further. I mean, yeah, that's a major miscalculation on his part. Yeah, and I think and I think the games are interesting because, look, in, in my opinion, at least. Someone like Lorraine and Dana, it's not like they're good people, you know, they're, they're like exploiting people, debt collectors and all of this. And we've talked about this theme of mm -hmm. kind of not respecting the law or the authorities. Just put a face on it. Think about the FBI. Yeah. Uh, Roy's very dismissive. So is Lorraine, basically, right? Yes. Um, but that they're coming from different angles where Lorraine's whole thing and Danish's whole thing would all be within some kind of rules of the game of civil society or something, mm -hmm. if I can put it that way in, in a certain way. Um, in other words, the Lorraine solution would never be brute violence, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. And and so thus Danish can't quite fathom that Roy, who's also a figure mm -hmm. of some prominence, elected official, county sheriff, all of yeah. that, would respond simply by shooting him dead. Like, I, he, he can't fathom that, he's wrong. I, I think that's a great point, because Danish, even if it's in an underhanded way, is thinking about things from a law or legal perspective, or what someone should or could not do in a situation. I was just re-watching episode two not long ago, and that speech that Roy gives about what is legal and illegal versus what is right and wrong and now it's his job to protect what is right and wrong and what is right is what he determines in his mind is right and so it's this is a self-preservation thing so he's ready to, to to do whatever it takes yeah like that just, just major mis misjudgment from, from danish yeah so i think continuing on this path a bit we'll have to circle back around to some other things but so the final scene danish um how they dispose of danish's body yeah. Where they dispose of Danish's body. I have a theory about this. Yeah. So um, 
I mean, I didn't pay a lot of attention to where other than it looked like it was underneath some kind of well or, or, or something, but I wondered I think that if was his hot tub. that was his hot tub. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't notice that was the location of where it was I based think on so. something. So is the, oh, I hate to think that his victims are somehow like, you know, powering or heating his <laughs> naked hot tub. Um, may, maybe they are, but also was wondering, you know, he references, um putting dorothy in the episode next to linda is this where we can find where linda actually is as opposed to where dorothy thinks that she is yeah i think that there's that's hinted at and yeah. the thing i want to draw in here we were talking about this at length uh last week with the extended dream sequence um and that part of that dream was dorothy going to that oil rig Mm -hmm. and what was she digging up? What was she looking for? She finds yeah. the postcard and so on. I'm thinking now that Dorothy subconsciously, or maybe consciously before her accident, I don't know, um, kind of knew that Roy had killed Linda and mm -hmm. put her there because there's some resemblance between um, his kind of oil rig windmill that he's got going uh, and that location we saw in the dream. And where she found that postcard, where she buried that postcard. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I wondered if, um, you know, if that, that had happened long ago and, and Linda was never where we think that she was during that episode, uh, episode seven, or she was there, Roy found her um, and has, you know, exacted his, his revenge um, and whether Gator knows that or not, you know, we really don't, don't know, but yeah. Yeah, we really don't know, frankly, if Roy is telling the truth about Linda being dead on his property. We, you know, I guess we have to take him at his word on that. Um, all we can say for certain is that what Dorothy experienced in episode seven was a dream sequence. Yeah, we know it was a dream. I just wonder how much information Fargo will find a way to give us to answer yeah. some of these questions. And so I wanted to get that out there, that if they don't give us anything else, you could at least tie these things together and say, oh, well, maybe it was something in a dream representation of where he actually yeah. did put Linda and, and that at some level Dorothy knows that. Exactly. It struck me, you mentioned Gator, and actually in the episode, this happens before Roy has said this. But even in her exchange with Gator, she's telling Gator that uh, she can take him to his mom and things like this. Um, and he calls her a liar. Mm -hmm. I was already kind of getting the feeling there that maybe Linda was dead and maybe Gator knew that Linda was dead. Was that just me or did you show that at all? So the only reason why I had a little bit of pause in that is because it seemed like Gator had some sort of sense, sense of emotion or hopefulness and maybe even considered what Dorothy was offering for a moment. And if he knows that she's dead and that's not a possibility, or, or maybe, you know, I could have completely misread that. But it's like, almost like he considered it for a second before he says, you know, no, he's still trying to prove himself as we learn from this conversation about why he's not named Roy. He's still trying to prove himself worthy of being a Roy. And so he says no to Dorothy's offer, but did he consider it for a second? That's kind of where I got some pause on, on that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he doesn't know in the sense of having seen it, yeah. but maybe he assumes, or maybe even Roy told him at one point 
yeah. that he killed Linda. That very, very so, well could be could be um, the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Carry forward with Gator. He goes. He threatens Wit, who's at the gate. Does fire a shot, a warning shot. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking about this a little bit um, before we recorded. You see a figure pop up in the back of his car, which I'm pretty sure is much. But we don't we don't return to that for the rest of the episode. It's like 20 more minutes of episode. It's like right in the middle. Exactly. And, that, and, and, and you helped me understand that that's probably, you know, I was sort of confused about who that would have been. Um, but based on what we saw in, it was episode seven, where we see him at the house where he kills the guy who was asking for the rent, I believe. I believe and so, he yeah. understands that Gator was there. He sees Gator there. Um, and so it makes sense that he's tracking Gator and would be some place where he can get that revenge back in, at, at Gator. But we, you're right. We don't, we see him pop up. So I mean, that's him. And then don't see what happens as Gator drives off. I mean, is he just sitting there where you can see him in the back of the car for, you know, for <laughs> several miles or, you know, we have no idea what's happening there, but uh, Gator may be the next, the next person to go here. If uh, we're sort of fast forwarding to episode nine. I would assume so, but there are a couple of things about this that are weird besides the fact that they kind of throw this scene in halfway yeah. through and don't return to it. And, you know, we're watching this attentively. Yeah. Some people watch television, they aren't always looking at the screen, and you might have just missed this. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, that it's much makes sense. You know, where yeah. we left off with him, we were saying last week, he's going after Gator, obviously, right? Um how do you get in the back of a cop car? That's kind of a question. Yeah. And also, what exactly is his plan? Because <laughs> attacking someone from the back seat of a cop car isn't a good plan, right? I realize, like, I almost expect him to, you know, pop up and attack right away. Yeah. But presumably, you can't, you know, is there probably like bulletproof glass between there the. Uh, yeah, I went back and looked at all of that. I went back and looked. There was a barrier between the back seat and where Gator is in the front. So, you know, it, I guess it works both ways. They can't get to each other. Much is just counting on the fact that he can, whenever Gator stops or pulls over, whatever, that he can overpower him when he notices that, that he's there. Uh, that that's the best thing I can I can yeah. think of. But here's the best plan. Here's the best munch plan I can I can see. So he is. But he's been hiding, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's just going to sit up and he's just going to sit there until Gator notices him in the rearview mirror and freaks out. Exactly. Right? And then he's going like, to pull over or something. And then, yeah. you know. But so, the fact that I, I spent the rest of the episode kind of waiting for that payoff. And yeah. Out. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted some resolution to that. It certainly didn't come. It makes you think of, I think this is the end of episode two, where Gator is in the convenience store. The officer is filling up with gas. Munch comes up, kills him, leaves him with a note on that says, you owe me. Gator comes out. When he finally sees what has happened, I mean, he freaks out. There's no calmness. There's no you know, sense of... I'll have to handle this situation. I mean, it's he freaks out. And so, yeah, I, I, that's one thing we have got to be sure we see in episode nine. They better show us what, what happens. It's not just, you know, much has Gator tied up somewhere. We need to see how this this takes place. I certainly hope so. Yeah. You know, 
And the other thing, again, we have some other stuff to circle back to, but there's two more episodes of the season. It's, yeah. Doesn't it kind of feel like there should only be one? More yeah, episode? I, like, how is there, how are there two? I was going to mention this to you. This felt to me like a, you know, often we talk about these in these powerful series, the penultimate episode of a series is the best one. And yeah. it's the, the, almost at the climax to sort of tip it over the over the top in the finale that's what it felt like to me so to have two left and you know you and i have screeners the only description in the upcoming episode is the tide turns that's what it says right so it's like okay get, you know give it to me i, I want to see what what happens here but yeah I, I felt the same way what are they gonna do for two episodes yeah uh, we'll see i guess right we do yeah. have a couple other threads to pick up on uh indira is a big one yep. She gets the call from Wit. Uh, she stops home to change her clothes, and good old Lars <laughs> stepping out on her in her own bed. Yeah, and and the bed she paid for, and the house that she takes care of, and the yeah. And I hate to think, I mean, Lars, what a despicable guy. Um, is he actually going to leave? Is he, he's still going to be there when she gets back, right? He's not going he's anywhere. He's still going to be there. You know he's still going to be there. You'd be <laughs> like, I don't, you know. Um, he's going to be on the, on the simulator when she gets home. Uh, probably, man. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think he's just going to leave. Yeah. Um, she gives him what for. And uh, you know, I think in, in part she's listing his faults for the benefit of the, the woman who she found yep. in the closet. Um, tell him to get out. You know, yes, I'm I'm behind her. Go, go, India. Go, good plan. Unfortunately, it would seem as she leaves, her car is being repossessed. Yeah, and that is her uh, car, not Lars's car. Who Lars drives the Jeep, I believe, but it's the other car that's repossessed. So yeah, what what is? <laughs> I mean, what what a day for for Indira. But uh, yeah, this is certainly the character you're pulling for this this series. Yeah. She has her police vehicle, you know, but I don't yes. let her drive. They don't let them drive it all the time, I guess. Right. Um, she goes over to Lorraine's. Uh, apparently, she takes a job. The surprise yeah, you? Yeah, it seems it seems that way. It's pretty quick, you know. Yeah. So Lorraine says, "Oh, you're here to take the job," and Indira seems to say, "Yes, but I know where Dot is." Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, have to, we have to handle this this first, um, and she is the one. Yeah, like you said, to break the news to Lorraine. Yeah, so that's pressing. We don't really return to them. Nope. Um, so that's out there uh, in terms of uh, where we go. Instead, we go back to Roy. And I did want to talk about one other thing here. After he returns from the debate or the town hall, you mm -hmm. have this really long shot yeah. where he's walking towards the shed. Yeah. Um. And a cover version of Britney Spears' Toxic, yeah, uh, which I believe the artist here is Hope D. I went and poked around, and it sounds like it. I didn't find written confirmation. Yeah. Um, what did you think of this? I guess both the song and, and the scene. The show. Yeah, it's so really adequate song. Certainly, we talk about the nature of who Roy is and sort of this 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 masculine toxicity that that he displays. Um, it struck me while this was happening. I was like, this is a really long, nonstop walking scene. I, I mean, um, 
there was one of these in recently in House of the Dragon where Viserys the king walks with this long courtway up to the Iron Throne. It made me think of just sort of these. What I thought about in this scene was what's going through his mind as he's clearly walking towards this room or wherever that Dorothy is is held. Um, how did someone get the better of me? How did uh, someone find a way to bring me down a lot a notch? And how can I blame Dorothy for it and therefore take it out on her? Yeah, good. Yeah. Really, it's her fault. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, somehow it's her fault. But has to be yeah this thing happened and and you know from a certain point of view it's not entirely wrong i mean because danish did it because of the whole backstory with dorothy and so on and so forth but you know i'm look i'm by no means excusing roy's behavior um i like the use of the song and i like the cover version of the song yeah. And once again, as I think I said last week, Fargo is not subtle. <laughs> this is about as far away from subtle as you can get. <laughs> yeah. The extended shot of Roy Tillman, uh, as the lyrics go, don't you know that I'm toxic? <laughs> um, yeah, not, not subtle. I enjoy it. It's funny. I was looking. Uh, oh man, I forgot. I was going to make a note of the band. I was looking for cover versions of Toxic. Are you aware mm-hmm. that there's this like other cover version from quite a long time ago that's by one of these um, kind of like preppy metal bands, like oh, pop no. metal bands? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> like it, it, like Fallout or Avenged Sevenfold or something, but that's not who did it. It was it was someone else. You know, it was someone I'd never heard of. Um, that, that was kind of interesting. There, there are there are some moments in shows where, I, I mean, you think, could you have possibly put another song or score on top of this? And I just in the, in the moment thought, this is pretty perfect as he's making this long this long walk. It's on the nose, but it's pretty perfect. Yeah, I agree. It was well done, and and the cover is good. I don't you know. It, if it would have worked with the Britney Spears song itself, I you know, <laughs> can, can see it almost. It's too fast. You need a slower version. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a pretty good cover, I think. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It doesn't... There's not a, a lot of hope. I mean, in terms of how the episode ends, certainly there is in terms of uh, Lorraine being out there and Deera being out there. They yeah. know where Dorothy is. Whatever's going on with Munch. Yeah. I would expect the way it plays out isn't exactly straightforward. Here's one thing that I, I feel like I need your opinion on, which is <clears throat> it so we've made the point that Danish did not call Lorraine. So Lorraine does not know that Danish went there, confronted him, and is dead. We know that Dorothy saw someone going into the ground as she's looking out the window. She sees what happens there. Does she realize that it is Danish? Because I think Lorraine, you know, goes nuclear if she if she realizes that Roy has done this to Danish. Uh, now she could probably make some strong assumptions that that's the case. But has Dorothy witnessed Danish going into the ground and can sort of corroborate that and I don't know activate Lorraine in, in a way um, if she's able to to escape? Yeah, possibly. I just didn't get a sense I mean, of does she know who was going in the ground. It's, I mean, it's hard to tell from the scene. Yeah. 
you know, what, what are we going to get into um, going back and trying to magnify the footage of, mm-hmm. and guessing what she could have seen? Yeah. Um, but I can say this, Danish, he has a distinctive look to him. He does. He does. You know, so it's, it, it, I don't know, see the eye patch or, you know. Um, the other thing I'll tie in here, part of what I was trying to get at um, earlier is a question I'm still asking myself that um, I'm not entirely sure we're going to get an answer to. That question is, what was Dorothy's plan when she left Scotty with Indira? Yes. We know what happened, but what did she intend to be doing? Yeah. Uh, I'm still a little bit unsure. Well, it seems... Well, well no, I was going to say, I was thinking, well, clearly her plan was to go find Linda, bring her back, they prosecute or whatever, To but then obviously that never happened. No, because it was a dream. And, you know, so so my, my, my current hypothesis is, I don't know if it quite works, but if the oil rig in the dream was a dream representation of where Roy actually is putting Danish's body... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she had that inkling or knew that he disposed of bodies there, and that's what she was going after in some way. But I don't know how she could have gotten that evidence or how she would have thought she could have gotten that evidence. See, in other words, what I'm thinking is maybe Dorothy's thought was, look, the fact that this guy abused me, the fact that he had me kidnapped, and all of that, that's not going to be enough. I have yeah. to get him for murder. Yeah, yeah. But I how? I don't know how she would have gotten that evidence. I don't, I don't either. And she certainly can get it now, now that she's there. She has the scars, literally, to um, to prove that. Um, But how she can't, or what would have been her plan pre-capture, because certainly that wasn't in the, in the cars for her to get into some sort of car accident and get captured and really find her. You know, I think that's one thing we may never understand. What was the goal of leaving Scotty, going out to do something? Maybe she literally was going to leave that diner, go try to find this place or this person or this idea of how to take down Roy. But what's just, you know, what happened to her? We we simply won't know, I think. Yeah, the best I've got is some speculations there, but it is yeah. a question I find myself continuing to think about. There are two episodes left. Maybe there'll be more that can be sort of lumped in there um but i also think you're right thinking about those two hours we've got left basically mm-hmm. um in terms of what you were saying if if lorraine or when lorraine finds out that roy has killed danish yeah that the gloves are going to come off yep uh in a meaningful way you know so if we're thinking well how is it two episodes maybe somehow uh, and I haven't watched it anymore. I haven't watched by an episode eight at this yep. point, to be clear. Um, maybe somehow in episode nine, it's like Dot, Dot gets away or is rescued. And then maybe episode 10 is coming back to give Roy Tillman what he has coming. Yeah. Like that. I could see episode nine being an escape. Things are revealed. Things are set in motion for a big time confrontation between Roy, his people, and Lorraine and Dorothy. 
you know, them being on the same side, I think it, it strikes me as a little odd. And then somehow we've got to factor in how much lands in that circle, right? What his role ends up being with this, which has got to be something. Yeah. And then maybe the FBI will show up. Yep. And, you know, there's, there's been a lack of connections to other seasons. It's like, does Lorraine have contacts with the, uh, what is, what's the mafia? That, oh, what, it's a weird, what, mafia, um, the Oklahoma mafia or whatever. I remember the Kansas City Oklahoma? mafia, I think. Kansas my... City mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm a, co a coastal elitist confusing all of my flyover states. <laughs> Without apology. I'm not going to apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe she has some contacts with the Kansas City Mafia so, or, or something, and, and we will finally get you know some connection to other seasons. Yeah, a connection would be nice. How all these threads tie together from a character basis is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it, I mean, in some ways, you think about it, it's, I'm glad there's two hours left. There's, there's a lot oh, left. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah, I'm not complaining. It's just like yeah. we already it already feels so close to right. climax, as it were. Right. Um so we'll see what happens next yes, couple sir. of weeks. Uh anything else we want to hit on here before we wrap up? I'm good. I'm just really looking forward. I may have to go power through nine here pretty soon. Yeah, same. Probably later <laughs> tonight. <laughs> I, I, I do like to have a little bit of time where I'm not ahead of the world if I yeah. can arrange it and like maybe actually engage with people on social media because I, I saw I somewhat feel once I'm ahead on these shows that I watch yeah. I, I can't talk anymore so be very careful we we can say it's not a spoiler to say these are all out there episode nine is titled the useless hand there's several things I can think of I'll save theories for. I guess my own brain, since we'll be talking about this one next week, but and, there's a lot of things I can think of there. Do we have a line on why this one is called Blanket? I think only because of the... I mean, my my only reference was the blanket she's covering herself when she's... It's not escaped, when she's cut off the, uh, the chains, she's hiding that weapon. That's what she's using to sort of cover her method of, of, of escape, but that's the only blanket reference i could i could come up with yeah that's the blanket in the episode i mean there's another blanket which one ours is under a blanket <laughs> yeah that's, um, true. that's true i guess that's we could spin oh some God. metaphorical some metaphorical um thought about hiding things under a blanket and then you ultimately get what roy's been hiding yeah you know i mean i guess uh, um, it works um but all right, we'll leave it there. Thanks as always for joining us. We'll be back next week for season five, episode nine, Useless Hand. Um, follow the site on social media, AV Obsessive. Um, read stuff on the site. You can read Felicia Nickens' recap of this episode um, now <laughs> because it will be published by the time you can listen to this. And um, yeah, she's been on the show week to week for us all season. So you can check that out, some other stuff on the site about Fargo if you're inclined to read things and about other shows. Read our work. We write things. Mm -hmm. It's good. Um, all right. So we'll leave it there. See you next week. All right. Take care. See you then.